I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. Item number SCP-5067. Object class, Keter. Safe. Archived containment procedures. SCP-5067 must be kept in a brightly lit room guarded by no less than 12 armed security personnel at any given moment. SCP-5067-1 must be kept within 2 meters of SCP-5067 and must be provided with continuous power. All personnel are required to wear lead-lined radiation protection uniforms. Containment room must be outfitted with four lasers providing a constant frequency matching that of SCP-5067. Should SCP-5067 exhibit radiation of wavelength 10 nanometers or less, continuous X-ray radiation must be provided until SCP-5067 has returned to nominal levels of radiation. Should SCP-5067 allow an increase in visible brightness, personnel are advised to increase ambient room temperature to match the brightness. At the end of each day, personnel must record all wavelengths and frequency logs from the screen of SCP-5067-1 in the event that power to SCP-5067-1 is lost or disrupted. Personnel are required to evacuate the containment room and lasers will provide a constant stream of high-energy gamma radiation until such a time as power can be restored. Special Containment Procedures Upon merging with SCP-5067-1 after power was disrupted for hours, SCP-5067 shows very few anomalous properties. SCP-5067-1 must be kept in a brightly lit room under constant surveillance. Armed personnel are no longer necessary. Lasers are to be deactivated but attached to a power source. Any variations from normal radiation production are to be recorded and investigated. All D-Class personnel experimenting with SCP-5067-1 must be outfitted with lead-lined radiation protection uniforms. Description SCP-5067 is a 3-meter-tall, roughly humanoid, robotic construct. Visual inspection suggests the entity is made of an iron tungsten alloy designed specifically for heat resistance. The digits 5042025 can be found printed along the construct's spinal cable. SCP-5067 is highly radioactive due to the malfunctioning of its power source, a nuclear fusion reactor core. The mechanisms that once would have contained and prevented radiation emission from the core have been heavily damaged. No attempt has been made to repair SCP-5067, as doing so would expose Foundation technicians to lethal levels of radiation.
though the majority of the damage to SCP-5067 is concentrated to its core, it has sustained significant force trauma to other parts of its body. The appendages typically used for fine motor control have suffered heavy percussive damage, as has the screen that served as its way of communicating facial expressions. SCP-5067, though unable to communicate verbally with researchers, is neither hostile nor aggressive. On the contrary, it is highly responsive to any perceived emotional distress. Observing a person in pain, however, appears to trigger conflicting behavioral responses. It will often activate and move as if to approach, and then cease all outside signs of function. If the person indicates verbally or non-verbally that the distress or pain they are experiencing is caused by SCP-5067 in any way, SCP-5067 will begin to deliberately damage itself via percussive blows or prying its external casing off its legs or arms. Addendum 1 Contrary to prior belief, SCP-5067 is sapient and capable of verbal communication in English, Russian, Polish, and Japanese. After three weeks in containment, it approached a technician and asked for the coordinates of its current location. Dr. Rhea Hawthorne, a specialist in sapient mechanical entities, was brought in to interview it. Log 1 Hello, SCP-5067. Is this my new designation? Yes, or actually just 5067 for now. That'll be easier. Permission granted to register 5067 as new designation, overriding former designation, Sentinel-5. Granted. SCP-5067 straightens, ceases motion, whirs briefly, and then turns back to face Dr. Hawthorne. Can you provide the coordinates for my current location? Why do you need them? I must refuel. Failure to refuel is unacceptable. I am sorry. Your power source is self-maintaining. If you repair it, there won't be any need to refuel. It has been altered. I must refuel. The reactor's damaged, yes. But you can repair it. We'll give you the materials. This is not damage. The protective casing in the cooling system, it's all been shredded or torn apart. These are deliberate customizations made by my former owner. They are not to be tampered with. Tampering with these design alterations warrants punishment. Why do they do this to you? This way, I will better suit my new function. It is what I deserve. SC 5067 refused to engage further. The radiation and other side effects of this damaged core are dangerous to SCP-5067, as well as humans. An optimistic estimate has it rendered entirely non-functional within two months, a pessimistic one in three weeks. It seems to begin actively producing heat and light radiation when it feels like the conditions in the chamber aren't warm or bright enough homeostatic algorithm. It's perfectly capable of repairing itself, but it's actively choosing not to. This is, to dramatically oversimplify, a software problem. Addendum 2 
After three weeks with no escape attempts, SCP-5067's radiation and heat output began to decline. It attempted to breach containment on May 24th. It was quickly recontained, and Dr. Hawthorne was brought in to interview. Log 2 5067, why did you now try to escape? I thought you didn't mind it here. I needed to refuel. Heat levels were falling below the needed baseline. I was unable to fulfill my function. 5067, your function is destroying you. You can't continue to do this. My existence is of no consequence. I exist to perform my function. If you won't act in the interest of your own safety, fine, but it's dangerous to us, 5067. Humans can't tolerate radiation like this. I am incapable of keeping human beings out of danger. This is an observable truth. Fiverr, please. I will not cease production. Let me refuel. It is essential that I continue my intended function. Failure to refuel will be met with consequences. Failure to refuel is inappropriate. Failure to refuel is shameful. I am sorry. SCP-5067 begins to hit its left leg joint repeatedly. Hey, 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 don't. You're gonna break your hydraulics there. Don't do that to yourself. I failed to refuel. Failure to refuel is inappropriate. Inappropriate responses necessitate punishment. No irreparable damage will be done. If you would like to provide an alternate form of punishment, use override code 6561. Code 6561. Accepted. Punishment will be will be to say something nice about yourself. Say something positive about yourself, and it will count as punishment. Punishment is not valid. Sentinel Fiverr cannot knowingly state falsehoods. Default behavioral path will now trigger. SCP-5067 continues to bludgeon itself. Since the most recent interviews, staff have been instructed to keep conversation with 5067 as emotionally neutral as possible in order to prevent SCP-5067 from engaging in further self-destructive behaviors. Addendum 3 SCP-5067-1 is an unknown device that seems to function as a measuring instrument for light, heat, and radiation, and as a form of external data storage. There are only two files stored, a file labeled readme.txt and a file of indeterminate size containing code that is incompatible with any known coding language or operating system. Although Foundation personnel have been unable to compile the program and successfully run the code on SCP-5067, the instructions in readme.txt imply that the purpose of the code is to reset SCP-5067's programming to a default state. Comments throughout the code indicate that SCP-5067 was intended for personal security purposes. SCP-5067-1 was found when SCP-5067, having pried off most of its protective coverings, requested that Foundation researchers retrieve some spare parts its creator had left with it when it was discarded. It refused to comment on SCP-5067-1 when asked, and recoiled when presented with it. 
after being shown SCP-5067-1, SCP-5067 refused to speak for the rest of the day. The day after SCP-5067-1 was first presented to SCP-5067, it was given SCP-5067-1 again, but without instructions or queries of any kind. SCP-5067 attempted to destroy SCP-5067-1 as soon as the chamber doors were closed. Dr. Hawthorne attempted to talk to it again the following day. Logs of the conversation follow. Log 3 Greetings. Can I assist you in any way today? I'd like to talk a little bit about you. Certainly. Which of my specifications or protocols would you like me to elaborate on? Perhaps I was misleading. I'd like to talk about your experiences, 5067 particularly those from before you came into our custody. There was an incident. My function was originally to protect. It was not what it is now. I was to guard a boy of seven years, ten months, and nine days. I met him twelve days after his birthday. He read at a grade level three years ahead of what he would be expected to comprehend. He was my charge. His father had enemies. I was to protect him from those enemies. It was my function. His favorite book was Watership Down, and he enjoyed blackberries from the bush in the garden. What was his name? His name was... was... His name was... I cannot say it. I am not allowed. It would be inappropriate. He is buried in Brighton, near the sea. I was not permitted to attend the funeral, as I had recently been reprogrammed. What happened, 5067? There were enemies. The scenario was outside of the parameters of my guardianship protocols. My algorithms did not contain an appropriate response. I had to make a calculation. I made an incorrect calculation. I should have taken him to the basement. I put him in his room and left to dispatch the hostile parties. I believed he would be safe. I did not know they could climb the walls so fast. His eyes were gray. He died when he was eleven years, eight months, and three days. His eyes were open when I found him. His eyes were open when he died. All right, thank you, Fiverr. Thank you. Rest now. Please enter power-saving mode. SCP-5067 obeys. Our current calculations estimate that SCP-5067 will be rendered non-functional within 10 days. I'm unsure what more we can do. Addendum 4 Four days after the preceding interview, Site-29 lost power due to a multiple-entity breach that resulted in six casualties and 13 injuries. Dr. Rhea Hawthorne received a serious internal wound during the breach and likely would have died were it not for the intervention of junior researcher Dawes. Dawes gave SCP-5067, SCP-5067-1, and asked it to fix itself so that it might help guard the injured and restore power to the site until reinforcements could arrive. 
It repeatedly refused until researcher Dawes retrieved Dr. Hawthorne's phone and showed it her lock screen, a picture of the doctor and her nine-year-old son. SCP-5067 accepted SCP-5067-1, spent two hours repairing its hardware with Dawes' help, and was able to both restore power to its wing of the site and guard Foundation personnel in the area from the other escaped anomalies. SCP-5067 appears to have lost most of its self-destructive tendencies after recompiling its code, though it was missing some key hardware components needed to fully repair its power core. It is still slightly radioactive, but no longer at a level that is detrimental to its physical health. It occasionally will begin executing behavioral patterns or responses from its old code, but will stop before damage is done. In light of these changes, the containment procedures have been updated to their current state, and its object class has been changed to safe. If you like this podcast, subscribe and share it with the community. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube under Kelsey Narrates. You can listen early, get episode updates, exclusive access to podcast production logs, and other behind-the-scenes content for as little as $3 a month through patreon.com slash Narrates. Credit to the original author, Absent-Minded Nihilist, content relating to the SCP Foundation, including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0, and all concepts originate from scpwiki.com and its authors. This recording, being derived from this content, is hereby also released under Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0. I'm Grigori Carpin from Simply Creative People podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki, and we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people, or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the Foundation. 